Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. WTBN Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Folks, God is in the process of preparing each one of us to carry on a ministry for him. He's in that process of preparing. And the issue is, will you accept that responsibility or will you refuse it and walk away? When that time comes for you to fill in the ranks, what will you do? You say, I'm just too old. I've done that ministry up north. Let the younger people take care of it. Or will the younger people say, I'm not experienced enough. I can't do that. You know, if the Lord wasn't with us, we couldn't do it. And that, that's really what Elisha say. I can't do it unless the Lord be with me. But thank God the Bible says the Lord is with us. And he'll continue to work through us. Don't be afraid to pick up someone else's mantle. An old proverb that has always challenged me is, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Our dependence must be totally on him. Welcome once again to Verse by Verse. Today, Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel will be bringing the last class in this series about the Old Testament prophet, Elijah. It's been an exciting journey. The focus of today's class is accepting responsibility and being faithful to what God has called us to do. We will be in 2 Kings chapter 1. So if you can, have your Bible handy. You might also want to have paper and pen ready to take notes. Lakeside Community Chapel is located at 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. If you are ever in that area, drop in and say hi to Pastor Steve. He'd love to meet you. The chapel is also home to Lakeside Christian School, a K-12 through grade educational facility with a solid Christian worldview for today's young people. Visit the school's website at lakesidechristianschool, all one word, dot com. Let's get to our class now. Here's our teacher, Pastor Steve. Well, that's the first thing that must take place in a person's life if there's to be that smooth transition in leadership. But there's a second thing. He aspires after the right things. Not only does he anticipate resistance, he aspires after the right things. Look at verses 7 through 10. Now, 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood opposite them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and folded it together and struck the waters, and they were divided here and there, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Now, it came about when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, You've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, If you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Let me set the scene for you. On one side of the Jordan River stands 50 men of the sons of the prophets. On the other side of the river stands two lone figures, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah has miraculously, just miraculously parted the Jordan River by striking it with his mantle, which was the badge of his unique office. In ministry, office as a prophet. Now as the two men stand there together, 
Elijah turns to Elisha and says, what do you want me to do for you before I leave you? It's a nice request. Gracious. What do you want me to do for you? And that is a heavy question. This guy is a miracle worker. And now we understand God is the one who does it. But he's the vessel. He's just parted the Jordan River. I think if it were me, I might have asked for fame and prestige. And Elijah, you can do anything. Many of us probably would have asked for things that pertain to ourselves, but not, not Elisha, not him. Elijah asked for something, Elisha asked rather for something that would bring God glory. He asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Now, some people have misunderstood this request. Let me explain it. First of all, let me tell you what he wasn't doing. He wasn't asking to be two times greater than Elijah. He wasn't asking to be twice as successful as Elijah. He wasn't asking to rise to stardom and become bigger and better and greater than the man before him. That wasn't what he was asking. No, just the opposite is true. The Old Testament law declared that the firstborn son had the right to inherit a double portion of his father's estate. So if, for instance, there were three sons, the inheritance would be divided four ways with the firstborn and the oldest son getting two portions of the inheritance and then it being divided between the others. So the oldest son always got a double portion of the inheritance. Elisha saw himself as Elijah's firstborn spiritual son, and he was. And as such, he was requesting more than what the other prophets would receive, a double portion. Elijah, if they get a portion, I want a double portion as your firstborn spiritual son. You see, Elisha realized that he was to take the place of Elijah. And he needed a double portion of his spirit, that, that power, just to measure up and lead effectively. If anything, he was recognizing the, the stature of Elijah and saying, I can't fill your shoes without the power of God resting upon me, that double portion. Elisha is a great example to us, great example of the things that we need to be seeking as tomorrow's leaders. Not fame, not personal gain, not a lot of people following us, but you know what we need? We need to be seeking the strength that comes from the Lord only. What equips us to take the place of spiritual leaders isn't an understanding of methods or techniques or the uh, how-tos of the ministry, the ten basic steps to have a successful ministry. That's not what we need. But you know what it is? It's an understanding of the greatness and the grandeur and the strength and the power of our God. That's what it is. That's right. And our own weakness and weaknesses. See, Elisha recognized, Lord, I can't handle it without you. I can't handle this alone. I can't fill this man's shoes in my own strength. And so, Elijah, I need a double portion of your spirit. I need the power of God to rest upon me. There's only a smooth transition from one leader to another when you recognize your own inadequacies. There won't be a smooth transition if you think you can do it on your own. Isn't that what Jesus said and meant when he, when he said in John's Gospel, without me you can do nothing, nothing. I remember speaking to a Christian leader one time and I said, you know, I feel so inadequate. I was hoping he might say that you aren't, but he didn't. Uh, he he uh, assured me I was inadequate and told me just stay that way. 
That was his encouragement. Just stay that way and you'll be fine. The best way you can prepare for Christian service is to recognize your own inability to have a successful ministry. Now, that, that's a paradox, but that's absolutely true. Elisha recognized he just wasn't equipped to take Elijah's place. And you know what? Elijah recognized it too. But Elijah was, was smart enough and wise enough to realize that he wasn't in any position to do anything about it. Do you know that? Elijah couldn't do anything about it. Only the Lord could, because it's only the Lord who equips us, not a person. Just following somebody's mannerisms doesn't make you successful in serving the Lord. Just talking the same language or looking the same or having the same style doesn't make you successful. Only God empowering you. Only God equipping you. And that's what verse 10 is all about. He said, you've asked a hard thing. You're right, you asked a hard thing. In fact, it's so hard, Elijah can't do it. But, he, but he's saying, if you see my translation into heaven, then that will be the proof that your request has been granted by God. That's the proof. If you see me when I go up, that's proof that God's going to grant that request. So, in order for a smooth transition to take place, there must be uh, an anticipation of resistance and aspiring after the right things and then accepting the responsibility a leader accepts the responsibility. The grand moment for Elijah's exit from this world has come. And let's look at verse 11. Then it came about as they were going along and, and talking. I would have loved to know what they were talking about, but Scripture doesn't really tell us. That, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind or a windstorm, literally, to heaven. One writer describes the this way, very dramatic scene. He says, suddenly, horses of fire, furiously drawing a chariot of fire, swept out of the evening sky. They rushed past them, drawing Elijah away into the vortex of a powerful whirlwind that followed in its wake. In an instant, he was borne away, lost to sight, carried into the celestial realms of a divine dimension. You know who took him away? You know what the Bible says what, what really chariots of God are, who they are? They're angels. Psalm 68:17 says the chariots of God are scores, myriads, thousands upon thousands of God's angels. God sent his angels to escort Elijah into heaven. Only one other person in, in, in all of history has ever had that experience, and that was Enoch. Back in Genesis 5:24, the Bible says, Enoch walked with God and he was no more. God took him. But there's coming a generation of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who will experience that. We call that the rapture or the translation of the church. Jesus spoke of it in, in John chapter 14. Paul clarifies it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And when Elijah was translated into heaven, an era came to an end in Israel's history. But I want you to know it wasn't the end of Elijah's ministry. We can't leave it there. You know how the Old Testament closes? Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, and this may be new to many of you. Malachi closes the Old Testament this way. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the lands with a curse. What was Elijah's great desire in his lifetime? It was to see apostate Israel return to the Lord God. And during his lifetime in the Old Testament, he never saw this materialize. 
But there will be a time where he will see it materialize and he'll be right in the midst of it. The book of Revelation in chapter 11 says that during the tribulation period, there'll be two witnesses on the earth. Most Bible scholars believe that the two witnesses who will come and do miracle after miracle are Elijah and Moses. Now, some believe maybe Enoch instead of Moses, but the reason they say Elijah and Moses is because of the miracles that they do, calling down fire and all, all kinds of things that are, that are uh, indicative of the miracles that they did back in the Old Testament. These two witnesses, Elijah surely being one of them, will perform miracles, they'll give testimony for the Lord, but they're going to be killed by the Antichrist. And everybody's going to be thrilled. Their bodies are going to be put in the streets and they're going to be mocked. But God's going to raise them up, the Bible says. And you know what the result is? Revelation 11:13 says, The remnant were terrified and gave glory to God in heaven. You know, that remnant of, of those who God has called out are going to somehow be involved in returning to the Lord. And Elijah is going to be involved in it. But during his lifetime in the Old Testament period, Elijah never did see Israel repent. God took him to heaven, but the work of the prophetic, miraculous ministry he had went on. And it went on where? In the person of his successor, Elisha. Look at verse 12. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father! The chariots of Israel really should be translated the chariot, not chariots, the chariot, singular, of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them in two, two pieces. What was he saying? You must understand, in order to realize what's happening here, that Elisha was referring to Elijah as the chariot of Israel. He was not referring to the angels. He was referring to the man. That's why I've stressed that it's, it's singular, not plural. He called Elijah the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. Why? Because in ancient times, kings measured their strength by the number of horses and chariots that their nation had. That was their strong defense. And what Elisha is really saying is Israel is losing one of the few strengths that she has. A godly man and a voice from God. That's what he's saying. Israel is going to be weaker now without you. You are the chariot of Israel. And because of this, he mourns. And that's what it means when he tore his clothes in pieces. That was the Jewish way of expressing mourning in grief. But I want you to realize that even though Elisha was in grief and in mourning, and even though he grasped the stature of the prophet Elijah, he didn't shirk his responsibility. He didn't quit. He didn't say, well, it's all over now. Look at verse 13. He also took up the mantle. Remember, that is the badge of his prophetic ministry, that mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And he returned and he stood by the bank of the Jordan. Elisha accepted the responsibility to step into the place of the primary prophet in Israel. He didn't run away. He didn't say the job's too big. He didn't give a whole lot of excuses and say it's just too much for me. I'm overwhelmed by it. He realized that the role as God's spokesman in power had fallen to him. But he knew he couldn't function that way in his own strength. He knew he needed the power of God upon him. So look at verse 14. It's so precious. 
He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he struck the waters and he said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? You know what? When he struck the waters, they divided and Elisha crossed over. Elisha wanted some confirmation that the divine power that was exemplified in Elijah's ministry had been transferred to him and God gave him that confirmation. The waters divided. The last Miracle that Elijah ever did became the first miracle that Elisha ever did. Folks, God is in the process of preparing each one of us to carry on a ministry for him. Each one of us. He's in that process of preparing. And the issue is, will you accept that responsibility or will you refuse it and walk away? When that time comes for you to to fill in the ranks... What will you do? You say, I'm just too old. I've done that ministry up north. Let the younger people take care of it. Or will the younger people say, I'm not experienced enough. I can't do that. You know, if the Lord wasn't with us, we couldn't do it. And that, that's really what Elisha say. I can't do it unless the Lord be with me. But thank God the Bible says the Lord is with us. And he'll continue to work through us. Don't be afraid to pick, to pick up someone else's mantle. The Lord will work through you today as greatly as he did and has done with others. And you'll see it. And the point is others will see it. And they'll confirm that God's hand rests upon you. Look at verse 15. Now when the sons of the prophets who were Jericho opposite him saw him, they said the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And what did they do? They came to meet him. They bowed themselves to the ground before him. And you don't want people bowing themselves before you. That's not the point. But God will confirm it in that others will follow your leadership. Listen, servants of the Lord, they come and they go. It's as simple as that. They come and they go. But their God and our God continues to work out his sovereign plan through those available to him. Someone has said it this way. You might want to write this down. It's a great quote. I wish I had come up with it, but I'm only transferring it to you. God buries his workmen, but he carries on his work. That's right. God buries his workmen, but he carries on his work. And the question that each of us has to face is, will we allow the Lord to carry on his work through us? That's the bottom line, the bottom issue. We began our study on Elijah a number of weeks ago, focusing on the truth that he was just a man. We said that James says he's a man of, of like passions. He's just like us. Great highs, great lows. Depressions, exaltations. Faithfully. He's just like us, made of the same stuff. He's just a man. But you know, our focus is not to be on men. Elijah was just a man. Elisha is just a man, was just a man, no matter how great they are, our focus is not to be on men. We can learn from them, which I trust we've been doing, but it's not to be upon them. They come and they go. Our focus is to be on the Lord of these men, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the God of Elijah still lives. He didn't die. He didn't pass from the scene. He still lives. And he wants to use you as one of his vessels to reach men and women with his truth. See, the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. Will you accept that responsibility? Will you say, I'm available, Lord? The God of Elijah still lives. And he, and he lives to work in me, Lord. And I'm available. I'm a Romans 12, 1 and 2 Christian. Open. My life is a, is a, is a sacrifice for you. I'm available and I lay myself down at the altar. That's what we need to learn from Elijah. That's what we need to learn from the study of the Word of God. Because I'll tell you something. The God of Elijah lives on. And if you're not willing to take your place in his service, he'll get somebody else. He's got 7,000 that he had available in Israel, and he's got many more. And if you won't be available, he'll put you aside and he'll work with someone else. But God in his grace wants to work with us frail vessels. And I trust that you'll say, here, my Lord, I'm available. Shall we bow for prayer? The first thing that a person needs to do in his life is say he's available to accept God's plan of salvation. The first thing he needs to do is to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ in the sense of knowing that he's a sinner, that he doesn't deserve to go to heaven. He sinned against the holy, righteous God. And no matter how he could try to cover it up or be religious, that'll never satisfy God. Only one thing satisfies God, and that was the death of his son. And so if you're here without Christ, may I say to you graciously, gently, but firmly, you need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to believe that he died for your sins. You need to trust him. You need to repent of your sin and trust God's provision in the cross. And if you're here with Christ, may I say that Elijah may be gone, but his God lives on. And, and the word about Elijah lives on. May we learn from him. May you be open. May I be open. May we be available. Father, I pray that you'll take the word of God and in your own unique way as the spirit of God works in our life, apply it to us. Lord, we pray that we'll learn. We pray that we might be that generation that steps in in a smooth transition, not shirking our responsibility, not feeling that someone else can do it better, but realizing that we're inadequate. We can't handle it, except we have your power. And that's wonderful. We do. The Spirit of God not only rests upon us, but indwells us. The Lord Jesus Christ is with us. Lord, I pray that you'll help us from this church, help us to be responsive, that many would be involved in serving you as never before. And it wouldn't just be um, an emotional response, but it would be the word of God digging deep into our hearts and the responsiveness of obedience. For this we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for this wonderful study on the life and times of Elijah. We have learned so much during these last few weeks of classes. He was indeed a man of passions like we are and had the same frail human characteristics. Yet, the Lord used him because he was totally dedicated to serving him. Thank you, friends, for being part of our Bible class during these sessions. If you missed any of them, you can go to our website, 
versebyverseradio.org and listen to them online or download them for further study or sharing with a friend. The phone number to call if you have any questions is 727-239-0306 and our email address is contact at versebyverseradio.org. Helpful resources are also available to you by mail if you prefer. That address is Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Verse by Verse is supported by the gifts of faithful listeners like you. We depend on the Lord to provide the funds to cover the costs of producing and airing these enriching Bible studies. If you have been blessed by them, would you consider becoming a prayer and financial partner with us? We would be very grateful if the Lord is leading you to do that. You can give online at our website, versebyverseradio.org, by clicking on the Support Us box. You can also give over the phone at 727-239-0306 or by mail. That mailing address, once again, is Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you so much for considering this great outreach ministry. On our next program, Pastor Steve will be starting another great series of Bible studies. Be sure to join us. Until then, I'm Jerry Pruden for Pastor Steve and all the staff inviting you back for the next Verse by Verse. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. We are here to give you strength between... We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525.